Welcome to Rama for Today. Just real quietly, just in a whisper there by the bed, I said, all right, Lord, all right. Now, I'll let him die on one condition and one condition alone. <laughs> now, I was exercising authority I didn't know I had, you see. I'd let him die on one condition and one condition alone, and that is you bring him out of this death and let him leave a good testimony. And then I let him go. Now, my wife was his only girl and his baby, and then I married and she's my baby, you see. <laughs> and I knew she'd take it quite hard. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on the believer's authority. More next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Now, here's what I started telling you. When he came back to church after it's all over, and incidentally, one th among one thing the doctor said to me, he said, in X-ray in his left elbow, and he was left-handed, wrote all of his reports of how much oil these wells pump, 12 wells, you know, pump it into big... Uh, Tanks, tanks, you see. He keep a, you know, measure, keep a record right with the left hand because he's left-handed. And so the doctor said his left elbow is just shattered into a thousand pieces, just splinters. And there's nothing you can do about it. It'll always be stiff. And we didn't know whether he wanted his arm out that way stiff or whether it'd be like so. We fixed they just wrapped it up that way where you see he could work his shoulder, you know, and have some movement here. But he used that elbow. And they paid him $2,500 for the use, the insurance company did, for the loss of the use of his left elbow or left arm. And him standing there showing him, see, I can use that. <laughs> and they said, yes, but we go by the doctor's report, and the doctor said you can't. <laughs> now, what's strange here is, here is a continual, continuous miracle. It's not a healing. It's just a miracle that continues, you see. Because the x-ray still showed after these many months, the x-ray still showed that his elbow was, was just splintered into a thousand splinters, and yet there he is working it right in front of him. And I know they paid him $2,500 for the loss of the use of his arm. He come and asked me, should I accept it? I know God's you, I showed that. I said, well, they said pay it, so go ahead and take it. They go by their reports. And he still worked for the oil company, wrote out his reports with that left arm. <laughs> Amen. It worked. But anyway, he got up and thanked the people for his prayer. Now, I never told a living person. Not, 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 I don't know why, I just didn't think about it. I never even mentioned to my wife how I prayed. And so he said, uh, he thanked the people for their prayers. And then he said, don't ever feel sorry for people who die who are Christians. He said, the last thing I remember, I was falling. I don't ever remember hitting down in this machinery. See, I fell off out here in the tower down in the machinery, see. And actually in the engine house. And he said, I, I don't remember hitting, you see. And I don't remember these days as I was unconscious. He said, I came to an hospital. And after I came to, I never did hurt. I never did have any pain. Just felt all right. But he said, the only thing while I was unconscious, I evidently died and went up to heaven. Because he said, I heard the angels sing. I saw the angelic choir. I heard them sing. Such singing you never heard. I saw the saints robed in white. I saw Jesus. And he came to me. And I was just about to fall down before him and tell him how much I loved him, how much I appreciated him. And he said, Jesus said to me, you'll have to go back. <laughs> and he said, I said, Lord, I don't want to go back. And he said, the Lord Jesus said to him, you'll have to go back. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go back. He said, you don't want to go back. I'll tell you the truth about it. And your loved ones, he said, they're gone. They don't want to come back. They wouldn't come back if they had a choice. He said, you don't feel that way because you're not seeing what they're seeing. Amen. And he said, I didn't want to go back. And the third time, 
the Lord said to me, you'll have to go back to the earth. This time, he, before he just said, you'll have to go back. The third time, he said, you'll have to go back to the earth. And I said, I don't want to go back. He said, the Lord said, well, you'll have to. Now, he said, here's what Jesus said. He didn't know it because I hadn't told a living soul how I prayed or what I said. He said, you'll have to go back to the earth. Brother Hagin won't let you come. <laughs> he said, Jesus turned and pulled what looked like a curtain, just pulled this curtain back with his hand. And when he did, he said, I heard Brother Hagin say, now he is in there unconscious in a coma, you see, on that bed, in shock. It had to be in the spirit then that he heard it. He said, I heard Brother Hagin say, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. I didn't tell him I said that. How did he know I said that? I'd said it. He said, when he pulled this curtain back, I heard Brother Hagin say, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. And said, he said, see, he won't let you come. Next thing I knew, he said, I woke up in the hospital and I was all right. <laughs> now, we never, I never thought much about that. You think about that for a little while. You see, I never thought a whole lot about it. I knew we had the experience. We rejoiced in it. I don't really know how come me to get that plane with the Lord. I'm sure the Spirit of God was leading me into it. But now, wait a minute. There's, there's some authority. He said, Brother Hagin won't let you. Well, after all, he is in my church, you see. I am his shepherd and his pastor. I do have a little authority here. Amen. Twelve years of pastoral work, my wife and I never did bury one church member. We had 80-some-odd-year-old people healed of terminal cancer. They tried to get me to just let them go on die, and I said, no, let Jesus heal you and then die if you want to. <laughs> but don't die like this. Don't die like this. Well, I remember then, you know, I, 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 uh, I thought about that a little bit and tried to do a little research on it and couldn't find anything on the subject. And so, you know, in my limited knowledge of the Bible, and so uh, a little while later, about three years later, then my father-in-law lay in the hospital and at the point of death. And uh, I was standing by his bed. Now, he's unconscious. Actually, the doctor, one of the doctors, the third one, or one of them on the case, actually, he said to me, he said, you know, I never saw... If another doctor had told me that, I wouldn't believe him. I'd thought he was mistaken. Oh, I forgot what you call it. He's not exactly dead, not exactly alive. He said, I've never seen a person that come out of that and, and like he was just mentally alert and was all right. He said, if they do happen to regain consciousness, they're not right mentally or something because they were, they were in this state between being dead and alive, you know. But uh, I, I remember as I stood there by the bedside, I said to the Lord, I remember this with Brother Haynes, you see. I hadn't had another occasion. I hadn't really thought through on it like I have now but I said to the Lord Lord I believe I'll just rebuke this death command it to leave him I believe I'll just command him to live and not die and when I said that to the Lord now we'd been praying but you can pray and not really exercise authority you can pray and it won't work when if you do exercise authority it will work now remember our illustration of the policeman you've been in the class you know the policeman's there you know he just holds up his hand the traffic all stops we saw that the day or seven when we went to lunch well, he don't pray that the traffic would stop. He uses his thought. It'd be useless for him to pray that that traffic would stop and this would go. <laughs> Are you following me? He uses his authority. He just holds up his hand. That traffic stops. Motions these folks on. Here we go. That happened to us today. You've, it happened to you, hasn't it? See? But he don't pray that the traffic will stop. He uses his authority that's invested in him by the city or the state or the government. Blessed be God's authority that's invested in us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't always known that. And so I said, I believe I'll just rebuke this death. I believe I'll just command him to live and not die. And the Lord said to me, just as plain as you talking to me, he said, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I thought about it afterwards. That's, that's the thing that really ticked me off and started me studying this subject. I knew what the Lord said to me. He said, don't do it. Well, when he said, don't do it, that meant I could have done it. 
or else he wouldn't have told me not, don't, don't do it. Amen, isn't that right? Somebody start to sit down if there's an empty chair there, and you say, no, don't sit there, that's, that's my wife's going to sit there, that's reserved for her. Don't do it. Well, that means they could have sat down in that chair, you wouldn't have told them not to. If they couldn't have sat down, there's no use telling them don't. <laughs> Amen, isn't that right? So when he said don't do it, then, then, then I, I realized later in thinking on it, you see, that meant that I could. And so he said to me, don't do it. You see, he'll never have a better time to die than now. And after all, he is 70. And he said that he's got all of his finances in order and all of his uh, business in order. And he's ready spiritually. There was a time that he was not ready spiritually, but he's ready now. And he'll never have a better time to die than now. You leave him alone and let him die. But then I found myself saying, I don't know, I get surprised at myself once in a while. I found myself saying, I don't know how come me to say it. Just real quietly, just in a whisper there by the bed, I said, all right, Lord, all right. Now, I'll let him die on one condition and one condition alone. <laughs> now, I was exercising authority I didn't know I had, you see. I'll let him die on one condition and one condition alone, and that is you bring him out of this death and let him leave a good testimony. And then I'll let him go. Now, my wife was his only girl and his baby, and then I married and she's my baby, you see. <laughs> and I knew she'd take it quite hard. But I knew that if he could leave a good testimony because she had asked him many months before about being ready to go because she realized he's getting older. And he'd said, well, honey, I don't know whether I'm ready or not. One time I think I knew, but I don't know whether I'm ready. And she was quite disturbed. You can understand that. And I knew then that it would soften the, the blow, you see, to know he's ready. I said, you bring him out of it. Let him leave a good testimony and I'll let him die. I don't know how come he to speak that bold. I remember that I did that with Brother Haynes. That's how come he to do it, you see, three years before. I suppose that's the reason why. I hadn't got those words out of my mouth. I'm talking about exercised authority. I hadn't got those words out of my mouth till like you snapped your finger. He opened his eyes and looked up at me, fully conscious. That's what the doctor said because he was summoned and he was there in about 45, 30 to 45 minutes. And, and, and he said to me, I, you know, I've never seen anything. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. If I hadn't examined myself, you couldn't make me believe it. If some other doctor told me, I wouldn't believe it. But he was fully conscious in every way. And he said to, to me, he said, Kenneth said, I'm dying. I said, I know it, Mr. Rooker. He said, now, the sooner the better. I said, I know that. He said, this is Monday afternoon. He said, you know, ever since Saturday afternoon, there's been a man right up there. He was an angel, who it was. Been a man right up there. See, when, you, when Christians die, they go up. When sinners die, they go down. Hell's down, heaven's up, according to the Bible. Amen. And so he said, uh, there's been a man right up there and said, every now and then he'll motion me. Come on and say to me, come on. Well, I looked up, I didn't see anything except the ceiling, but I realized that he's up here on the perimeter, you see, between earth and heaven. He's a seeing over into that realm. And he looked up and said, Sir, I don't rightly know who you are, but I'm just not quite ready yet. You'll have to wait a little. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop off, take a little side journey here. I remember down in Houston, Texas, many years ago, there still is an evangelistic temple in Houston. But uh, the old original evangelistic temple was built by old brother Ian Ritchie. We called him Dad Richie. Many, many years ago, it sat right close to downtown. The city bought it, and I forgot, I don't know what they did with it, and they got a new one there now. But Brother Richie, I remember reading the headlines of the paper, right on the front page, see, of one of the Houston papers. On Sunday morning, 80-some-odd years old, he was preaching when death came. And, and the paper stated the headlines of the paper, you see, because he he'd been there in the city for years, and this old evangelistic temple in Main Auditorium seat 5,000. And... Uh, it mentioned about the fact that he commanded death to see to wait. 
because everybody heard him. Right in, the, in his sermon, and he stopped and said, now you'll have to wait until I finish my sermon. He finished his sermon, and they could hear him over the, over the microphone, you see, and sat down and went home. But when the death angel came, he said, you'll have to wait until I finish my sermon. <laughs> oh, glory to God. And then I'll go with you. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first in this month's offer is the three-CD set from Kenneth Hagan entitled Love, Faith's Firm Foundation. Also in this month's offer, the classic book from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled How to Turn Your Faith Loose and the single CD by Kenneth E. Hagan entitled Christ the Deliverer. All for the special radio price of $25. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We are still accepting applications for the uh, spring intake in yes. January, yes. so you still got you still got some time. You can apply online. Go to rbtc.org, and all the information is is there. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagen will continue his message on the believer's authority. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.